Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Hey guys, today KJ Ramsey, author and therapist, joins me to talk about suffering well. She opens up space for us to embrace our feelings so that the Lord can comfort us in them. I pray that you find her wisdom on suffering freeing and enlightening. So let's get to it. Well, welcome to the podcast, KJ. I'm so excited to have you today. It is great to be with you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about you, what your life is like these days. Well, about me, uh, I am a little bit of an oddball and (laughs) I have big feelings and I am a nerd. I love to read. These days, what my life looks like, honestly, is I'm in between talking about the book I just wrote and seeing therapy clients and a therapist, I'm reading like insane amounts. And I think I read three books this week so far, but I like can't, I'm just like devouring books right now. So that's what my life looks like because I'm quarantined because I'm high risk and it's, Mm. we're still in the middle of the pandemic. So yeah, life looks a little like lots of words and stories and Mm. trying to be present where I am and find joy here um, Mm. even though life is not looking like I would like it to look in this season Mm -hmm. yeah so you know you said you're high risk and you know it's not easy for you to uh, just go out and about and so what has that been like for you and would you mind just like telling my listeners a little bit of your story in that absolutely so I have an autoimmune disease called ankylosing spondylitis, AS. Mm-hmm. And you know, as that relates to the pandemic, um, both with my disease and then what we use to treat it, the immunosuppression, as well as I have a blood clotting disorder and a history of blood clots, like I am pretty at risk for COVID. And so in this present situation, I can't really go in public um, and I can't go back to church yet. And probably until there's a vaccine is what my doctor has said. And so it looks like being at my apartment pretty much all the time. And, you know, similar to probably a lot of people when I see friends, I can see people in open air at a distance, um, preferably with a mask, but, and I'm not seeing large amounts of people um, because that even still bears a risk, but mm. what it, yeah, what it has looked like is, and felt like is at points painful, especially as the, as our country reopens and people start to get to go back to doing things like going to church. Um, and that's not what I can do. So there's been pain and some grief there. And, you know, that's, brought up feelings of sadness of just parts of my life where I have had to be homebound before and um but it's not all sad either so that's kind of all of those 
answers wrapped up into one. Yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. And just, you know, I haven't really had to think about that, you know, just of being so cautious and so aware. I mean, that's just a regular Joe. You still have to, you know, respect and um, protect those around you. Uh, But it's just kind of a weird thing, you know, but just having to be cautious and aware of your surroundings and where you go and what you do. And so I can't imagine kind of what that is like for you to just, you know, again, grieve as everything is opening back up and not being able to do that and knowing, you know, that you have to be safe yet. Also at the same time, it's like, you know, how do you handle, you know, being at home and how long will this last? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what the title of your book is too. And so (laughs) a little bit about, you know, just what God is doing you in that way and, and a little bit about your book as well. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the title. So this too shall last Mm -hmm. finding grace when suffering lingers. And of course that is something that I'm having to do continuously is find the grace that is here in circumstances that remain less than ideal. And the way that that looks is need is like the necessary, the necessity of being willing to not have the answer to when this will end in order to have the comfort that God is with me in it. I don't have to have the answer in order to feel the comfort. And I I think that's an important part of finding grace when suffering lingers because we are programmed in our culture to find our our comfort and our security and knowledge and i think biblically and physiologically the way that god has made our bodies and our brains that we find we are made to find comfort and connection not in knowing the answer or knowing right from wrong and that is a a shift that we have to, to have to constantly make and choose in our mm-hmm. day-to-day circumstances. Yeah. Ugh, yes, that is so true. And it is hard to, because we're creatures of control, <laughs> we mm-hmm. to feel like we, we know what's going to happen or um, that we're in control of what could happen. Um, and so in that, you know, what, what do you what what do you think is the best way to to suffer like what you know obviously in this time that looks different for everybody um for people like you who are having to be at home and then you know just everybody's missing out on something right now you know there's there's different yes. degrees of suffering and so what would you kind of encourage us in and how to suffer well Well, I like that you brought up that we're creatures of control. And I would say that the moments where we sense our lack of control are the very moments that God is inviting us to know 
his comforting presence. And Mm -hmm. so I would encourage listeners to bear witness to their own sense of burden and their own sense of loss and grief over what is happening or over the, the heavy weight of watching how bad the injustice is in our country and the inequities in our mm-hmm. country to allow that burden and, and our lack of capacity to fix it. Yeah. To be the very space where we talk to God and show him how we really feel about this and let ourselves be seen by him and and find that he is there and is with us, is not judging us for mm-hmm. not being able to fix our lives or be more put together than we are, but is still delighting in us and offering us his presence. And as we pay attention, as we learn to pay attention to our distress and our discouragement, we, and, and like invite God to see it too and to tend to it too with us. That's where we actually learn how to experience his delight in us. And we learn to delight in him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he already knows uh, what's on our hearts, what's on our minds. And so, like you said, just inviting him into that because it's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> he, right. It's not like he doesn't know, but also we you have to actually feel your feelings in order to feel his comfort. And I think we try, we are just so used to bypassing our feelings and calling it faith. Mm-hmm. We we have this attitude toward our feelings as though they are above all things not to be trusted. And I think there is almost nothing more toxic within Christian culture than that belief. Hmm. Yeah, that is a, <laughs> such a good point um, to share because, you know, we... <laughs> We so often just try to kind of cover it up or hide what's going on Um, instead of being honest. We, you know, whether you've grown up in a home that kind of hid uh, feelings and didn't really uh, encourage showing those or whether that's kind of just become a part of your personality or whatever it is, you know, that kind of holds you back from that. Um, So what kind of, you know, spaces have you created Uh, in order to kind of give yourself room to do that? Yeah, well, we we tend to think that changing our beliefs is what will bring joy and faith and and what is that that is what faithfulness looks like. But behavior and beliefs are merely the surface of the soul. And there is a deeper place that God wants us to go where we will be most shaped into our truest selves, hidden with Christ and God. And that requires a cultivation of space for authentic, vulnerable relationship. And Mm -hmm. for me, that looks like 
cultivating spiritual disciplines of especially silence and solitude mm-hmm. so that I can learn, my body and my soul can learn how to be comfortable with the reality that Jesus Christ is always with me mm-hmm. and is always responsive to me, is always engaged, always cares. I can only learn to live like that is true and share that with the world when I am cultivating space to sit in his presence and and tolerate the discomfort that the God of the universe cares to be with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, spiritual disciplines are really where it's at for me. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, we almost don't have any excuse in this time because, you know, a lot of things have been put on hold for us, you know, creating space for that. Um, But then again, that can also be hard because it's like, oh, well, I have so much time, you know, and then it just gets kind of like pushed to the side because you're like, well, I can do that later. Oh, I have so much time, you know, it has Mm -hmm. to be something that's carved out for you or um, because that's literally what a discipline is, you know, like <laughs> sacrificing mm-hmm. your time in doing that. And so, um, right. And it matters how we, first of all, like the motivation is not out of duty, but out of delight. So we have to shift from mm-hmm. looking at our faith and our relationship with God as a duty that if you, show up for it, God will bless you with the requisite uh, and consequential joy for showing up. It, our, God is not a product that makes us happy. God is a person to know and to enjoy. Mm. And so really when you look at, um, you bring together attachment and psychology research, neuroscience, along with the theology of union with Christ, we see that God is inviting us into a relationship of delight. Hmm. God is asking us to shift. You can shift from duty and from the dismissal of your real feelings of lack of control and abandonment and discouragement and bring those with you Mm -hmm. and be with the God who cares to be with you. Um, and so, yeah, I I mean, what you're saying about, we have to make space for it. Yes. So we make the space for it because we most, because we, because their sin is real. We resist being seen by God. Mm -hmm. We resist it. And so we have to carve out space for it. But also when you show up in that space that you've carved out, you can show up not looking to do it right or to do it enough to produce some sort of you know, gold star on your spiritual chart of your soul, mm-hmm. you do it looking for God as a real person who is there and is gazing back at you and is glad to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's something that's hard, I think, for people to, you know, realize is that shift from, you know, kind of head knowledge or whatever it is to a God that is so personal, you know, it's not something, it's not a box to check to hang out with him. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to hang out with him. Uh, We're the ones that need him, right? 
Well, he he wants to hang out with us. Mm-hmm. And we we tend we've just been so wrongly discipled to view our spirituality as a matter of right belief versus wrong belief that we come to God with three-fourths of our body ourselves chopped off because we're so focused on just rationality and evaluating Mm -hmm. do we believe the right things are we doing enough and that state of analysis that's that's just using one part of yourself but to relate to God and to receive that he is with us and loves us requires sinking down from the rational part of yourself the, the top of your head the prefrontal cortex and like actually feeling the substance of your body and attending to the anger that arises throughout your day and how it makes your chest pound and mm-hmm. your hands clench and bringing that sensation experience with you into the presence of God from the substance of your body mm-hmm. being able to come to God as undone and ashamed and afraid as you really are and see and learn that he sees you and accepts you and loves you and from there better belief and better behavior will happen Mm. but you can't forget your body and expect to believe the right things Mm. it is so interesting how like how much our body can tell us about how we feel or or what we're thinking you know and how often we kind of ignore that (laughs) you know or try to push it to the side um we constantly ignore it and we don't if you feel far from god perhaps it's because you are far from your body perhaps it's because you've been dismissing your feelings for so long that you actually are just dismissing the very space where God most speaks and is most present. Mm. That's so interesting. Have you, are there any like resources or anything you could direct us to just, you know, obviously your book, um, but you know, other things kind of along this topic, I think my listeners probably would, you know, myself included. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm saying might be like, very different than what a lot of people are used to hearing. So yeah, you, of course, are going to want to go read about it. Um, yes, number one, I talk about this extensively in my book and I reference just tons and tons of other researchers and writers, both theologians and neuroscientists. So that's where I would encourage you to go. Um, but also a wonderful thinker on all of this is Dr. Kurt Thompson. Mm. who wrote The Anatomy of the Soul and The Soul of Shame. Mm. His works will help you understand a little bit more about how God made you as a embodied relational person. And, you know, mine, my book brings that into the context of our experiences of sorrow. Um, and he talks about things a little bit more broadly, but that's one place to go. Yeah, for sure. Those are- There's- but I reference <laughs> all of them in my book. I reference me 
<laughs> yes, yes. Lots of footnotes. <laughs> there are a lot of footnotes. <laughs> yeah. They're I- there for you. They're there for you to like be able to go, oh, like this is not just her thoughts. This is mm-hmm. based on research and on on a whole tradition of people bringing together the fact that like we are made in the image of a God who is relational and a God who chose to be embodied. And what does that mean for actual lives today? Yeah, that is so cool. Yes, my listeners for sure need to go and check it out because you had some awesome thoughts, you know, right now here what we're talking about, but goes so much more in detail in your book. So um, I'm so thankful that you wrote it uh, and we're willing to to invest the time into it. Um, so a couple more questions that I'd love to ask you, uh, that I ask most guests that come on the show and I don't know how old you are KJ, but the first one I ask is, you know, what is one thing you wish you knew as a 20 something, which usually gets people Mm. pretty stumped. (laughs) What do I wish I knew as a 20 something? Yeah. I'm 31. So fresh out. Yeah. My twenties were terrible. Um, as you know, cause you read my book, I got sick at 20 at age mm-hmm. 20. So, uh, my entire twenties were spent in doctor's offices and on couches and feeling pretty sick. A lot of my twenties were, um, what do I wish I knew? I just would, I just would like to be able to tell my younger self, she won't give up. Like you won't give up. There will be times that you want to give up because mm-hmm. your life is going is going to be hard but you never will and god will always provide more energy and courage than you feel like you have i think that's what i would like to tell my younger self yeah. not sure about no but that's what i think i would like to tell her yeah i love that yeah it's a good way to rephrase it and just you know thinking about where you were at and you know, what you would kind of want to encourage younger KJ with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The next one is, what are you just, I know you're reading a lot. You just told me that you're reading a bunch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or just like listening to, watching, like any resources you'd love to share with us. Ooh. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I just finished earlier in the week, um, the Underground Railroad, Mm. Colson Whitehead, and it's fiction uh, about a woman who escapes from slavery. And it is raw and visceral and extremely painful, but also beautiful. And for listeners who are wanting to engage with the reality of injustice in our country, uh, but not necessarily, like, I, I, I would encourage people to, to read that for a more narrative embrace mm-hmm. of the reality of injustice and the roots of injustice in our country. That's something. Yeah. yeah I also, this isn't from the last week, but um, in the last few months, one book that absolutely stands out was Under the Unpredictable Plant by Eugene Peterson. Mm. And just his embrace of a faithfulness that, and a a faithfulness in a a type of leadership that is small and strong, that is not about uh, obtaining power or 
gathering a larger crowd, but helping real people feel seen. I was incredibly encouraged by that book. And mm. those who are wondering how to like show up in their smallness and do what I'm talking about, what I've talked about in this podcast of mm. being seen by God, but offering that kind of space of sight to others, that's a great book to go reflect on and read slowly. Yes. Thank you for those. Yeah, for sure. Go check them out. And then lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Like anything that's just given you life in this time? My dog, Merton, <laughs> gives me a lot of life. I just looked over. He's sitting next to me. He's been, it's been raining here today, which is not typical for Denver. And mm. it's like all cozy. He's all curled up in this armchair next to me just sleeping and he's been sleeping all morning while I've been doing interviews and (laughs) only once has interrupted and he's just so he's so attentive to my husband and I and has this delight there's this is ridiculous I don't know if you even care to know this but he's been um at night there's been like these moths that have gotten into our apartment and he hunts them down and I'm like gets them wow so he'll be flying around and he he is on the prowl he's a bird dog he's a german short hair pointer and he's just like goes for it and i just love to watch (laughs) him be so intent on getting these moths and then i just love to tell him good boy when he gets it that's bringing me a lot of joy it's (laughs) kind of ridiculous but it's bringing me joy i love it (laughs) there's there's no reason to be ashamed of that I am not ashamed of it, but I know it's just like a very small, simple thing. But Oh, but those are the best. It's wonderful. The the small, simple things are the best. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, KJ. I loved having you. I loved your book. And I'm just excited um, for you in this in this season of launching a book, even though it's kind of a weird time to be doing that, you know, and just all that this world is in right now, but it is so timely. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me too. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much for listening in today, guys. I pray that our conversation encourages you to feel your feelings and be vulnerable with the Lord by bringing your whole body and soul. I'm so thankful for KJ and just for her conviction to write about suffering so that we can better embrace it. Also, we're going to be taking a short break over here, releasing episodes. I usually take off the summer, but I had so many great episodes that I wanted to share with you guys, so I extended it out a bit. So we'll take a break now and be back early September with more episodes. So you guys are the best. Keep me updated on how things are going and stay fresh, my people.